Hi, this is AJ Bingham, and I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Regions Financial Corporation. Regions is a different kind of bank with branches serving Central Texas from Austin to San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley. Regions can assist your firm with its M&A and investment banking needs, as well as specialty finance in the technology, healthcare, defense, and aerospace sectors. Learn more about Regions at www.regions.com, and you can find more information in the episode notes. Now on the show. Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham and welcome to the BG Podcast. Our guest today is Christine McGuire, the Redevelopment Division Manager at the City of Austin. Welcome to the show, Christine. Ah, thank you, AJ. Thank you for having me. So our topic for today is going to be opportunity zones. It's something that the firm has been really interested in the last few months, several months, and uh, something we've been reading about, just seeing periodic articles in the news. Um, so I wanted to bring Christine in to just give us the download from the city. I know this falls under her purview, your purview. I'm going to be in third person right in front of me. And, uh, <laughs> and just I'm go from there. Yeah, so before we start getting to Opportunity Zones, I'd love to just get a, get a sense of your background uh, for folks who don't know you. And this, what, all go, what all goes into your title is Redevelopment Manager, Redevelopment Division Manager. It, it is an honor to, leave, to lead an amazing team of people in the Economic Development Department, but it really is the Economic Development Department that is a, a group of folks. Our, our department has several divisions, and mm-hmm. our focus is equitable development within mm-hmm. the city of Austin. Um, the redevelopment division um, is one of five. Uh, we really look at, honestly, um, equitable development in the urban core, but more importantly, it traditionally, it's been um, putting back into the private market city-owned land that needs repurposing, such as where, where your office is, is in the Seahome Eco District. Mm-hmm. This was all a power plant, switchyard, you know, it's, it's stuff that had seen its useful life, that had been decommissioned, and now it's this vibrant live, work, play. Your office is here. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Spend money in our Second Street retail district which is all along and you do (laughs) and i thank you for that that even the entire the second street corridor basically from past city hall to congress all the way to the to the sea home where the former sea home power plant was um had a lot of city-owned property and we've worked in partnership with great partners like amley um to bring about this live work play thing and also uh uh, miller and uh the whole miller the robert miller area uh, Robert Mueller. I've heard. Uh, I, I lived there. I heard Miller, Mueller, Miller, so Mueller. I say Mueller. Like Manchac, Manchaca. I used to love Manchac Road. Manchac. I say, I you say Manchac. Yeah. You say Manchac. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. Mueller, Miller. I've been castigated both ways. Love it. Love the continuing <laughs> education Austinites give me. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, so that's what we've been doing. But but when it comes to putting um, investment on the ground, especially with regards to real estate, and that's kind of where the intersection of opportunity zones are. Mm -hmm. That's been my profession for many, many years. I've been um, a redevelopment into helping more economically disenfranchised and distressed areas revitalized for almost 30 years now um, in many different parts of the United States. So I come via 
Pittsburgh, Chicago, Houston, um, Indianapolis, Bloomington, Indiana, um, Fort Worth, Texas, shout out to Fort Worth peeps, Garland, Texas, and now here. Okay. So I am older than I look. That's a <laughs> working, joke for working the podcast go- Working there. government, what did that to you? Oh, I tell you what. <laughs> working around government, what did that to you? Working around government, you're going to get this way too. I already Jay, feel it now. Because, I was like, yeah. I've got the grays and the yeah. hair today. Okay, so this is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. So um, opportunity zones, I find it, and I'm honored to be here, but it is ironic um, and interesting of your request to talk about what really is a private sector-led program. Mm-hmm. Cities all around your country um, are uh, have opportunity zones in their community, but in terms of civic involvement, of the government involvement at the local level, it is very minimal. Mm-hmm. And I would say that me and my uh, colleagues out there with municipalities uh, in municipalities in the state of Texas, and give a shout out to um, city of San Antonio that have an opportunity zone officer, a point of contact there on opportunity zones. We also have a point of contact um, in our department in our city. Who is that? Nicole Clapadlo and Matthew Schmidt. Okay. Um, are co-teaming on this, though their their time isn't devoted 100% to opportunity zones, mm-hmm. unlike with City of San Antonio. So a lot of cities are doing this differently, and we are all collectively struggling about how to encourage socially responsible investment in opportunities. And what does that mean? So, you know, even with that, and yeah. coming back to your, your comment about equitable, equitable, equitable development, development, because much like for those who follow, you know, City, City Hall in Austin, um, affordability has, has a wide, can have a wide sweep for different people. And so is there, and I, th- I, I do believe this, you know, the council or the city manager's office give you all some guidance on equitable, equitable development, but what does that mean? as far as you're concerned for you as you work in this space? So council has very clear ideas, and we really appreciate council direction on what they define as development that delivers community benefits. Mm -hmm. The city of Austin, unlike many areas in the nation that were the original inspiration for Opportunity Zones, Um, is unlike a lot of that. We don't have an issue about attracting capital into Austin. We have the issue of attracting patient, long-term, low-interest, low-cost capital that delivers affordable housing for working-wage men and women, uh, for those who make 120% or below of median family income, who are not the high-tech people who are attracted to Google Jobs. We have people who work in in industries that are either manufacturing industries or service industries that are really a backbone of Austin who are really being priced out of the market. We even have businesses that are, uh, that really have made Austin very special, such as our music industry, our creative cultural industry, arts organizations, Artists that create things and make things and makes Austin special are being priced out of the market. Mm -hmm. So we have very expensive rents. Our rents here in downtown rival, uh, rival anywhere in Chicago, in downtown Chicago, we are expensive. We're the most Um, expensive city in Texas. Most expensive city in Texas. This is a big state. (laughs) Big state. 
Um, we, you know, we rival Dallas and Houston. Our market economics, though, in Austin, believe it or not, supply and demand still works in Austin. So if we have supply constraints of putting in units that are affordable but in commercial square feet that's affordable, you know, the, the demand is outstripping the supply. I say all this because it's important to understand opportunity zones in what the intent originally was and how it's now being deployed throughout the United States. Here in Austin, what our councils define as socially responsible investment is, is healthy food retail, quality, low-cost, healthy food. It is jobs for uh, men and women that, are, um, that work with their hands, that are middle skill jobs, mm -hmm. that don't require master's degree in education. Um, it is affordable housing, affordable to 80% and deeper in, in, in those with, with lower incomes. On the MFI. On, on medium family income. Mm -hmm. It is commercial space that is low cost for our creative community and for our locally grown small businesses and that are not gonna get priced out of the market. So council's very clear. Opportunity zones in the, it's a very brief code that was adopted during the Tax Reform Act at the federal level in 2017. There are, it's less than, I would say two pages. And in there, it really is, is a tax, tax provision and it's not a program, but it is a tax provision mm -hmm. that the Department of Treasury and, and the IRS are now implementing codes in order for investors to take advantage of the tax sheltering that comes from creating opportunity zone investment funds that will make investment in opportunity zones. Opportunity zones are census tracts that had demonstrated at the time these zones were, uh, these census tracts were designated as opportunity zones, uh, incidences of poverty and um, lower incomes. Mm -hmm. When the state of Texas, through the governor's office, issued nominations, those nominations were due to the governor's office in March of 2018. In order for uh, the city of Austin had the opportunity of designating opportunity zones. We realized that in our city, there were really only four census tracts that really met with these thresholds and the opportunity of attracting investment that would be socially responsible and that would be in areas that aren't seeing a whole lot of investment right now. Mm -hmm. that, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. And that would be in four census tracts in... Uh, Southeast Austin, um, in and around the airport, towards the southeastern edge of the city, that are, it's a food desert. It's like District 2, right? It's in uh, Councilmember Garza's district, yeah. um, so District 2. And so council was very clear, and we were very clear that the opportunity zones that we sought to designate, we didn't want to exacerbate gentrification. We didn't want to encourage more investment, where investment dollars were, were finding deals um, pretty easily right now without having the levers to extract or to negotiate at the table with the developer um, lower cost space 
There is no opportunity in the federal statute and how it's being deployed in uh, through the IRS and the Department of Treasury regulations, any avenue for cities to direct funds to certain projects or certain types of projects. Mm -hmm. and, and therein lies the rub where we as staff are trying to find ways to influence investment that, but for our zoning regulations, is going to occur anyway. Mm -hmm. So what the city of Austin is doing is we have a website, we, we have basic information on what opportunity zones are and where they are. We have 21 uh, opportunity zone census tracts designated in the city, only four of which came from council nomination. The rest came from the governor's office. And um, anyone could have suggested to the governor's office um, the nomination of particular census tracts. So, um, so that is where we are. We have a website that articulates what opportunity zones are. We clarify through already adopted council policies and neighborhood plans what kinds of development our neighborhoods and businesses would like to see there through our adopted neighborhood plans. And we do have points of contact um, there on our site. Mm -hmm. We've asked for council direction on anything more direct and we have given a report, and our report was issued to city council earlier this year that relates to a resolution from uh, the council. The resolution occurred in October of October of 2018 um, of, of that year in outlining what the best practices are and what we're recommending for the city. Best practices in, in areas of our country that are rural, or in a rust belt, or have not seen a lot of investment that are not on main and main of capital, what they are doing is issuing prospectuses of types of projects and naming specific projects to opportunity zone fund investors. So the city is sometimes taking on the role of being a marketer and saying, here's a development that's almost shovel ready um, for you to consider investing in. Mm -hmm. There's only one city that we know of, which is in Birmingham, Alabama, that's trying to create its own fund. It is that is, being concurrent with kind of package around like a, a deal sweetener? A with, deal sweetener, yeah. exactly, for, for that further city. The Texas Constitution prohibits Texas cities from giving anything of value, any money, anything that can have a dollar sign to it without an exchange of equal and like community benefits mm -hmm. or public benefits that's truly public. Because there's no, no programmatic hook for us to ask the private sector to do that outside of our zoning regulations and we already have the density bonus program mm -hmm. for affordable housing, there is no opportunity for us to do that light exchange but for just opportunity zone investors. So conversations around more proactive stuff is, is really questionable that we're not going to actually contribute more of a problem to the gentrification issue that's already occurring in our community. And that's why we're pretty cautious in really letting and really helping guide council action. But right now, that is what we're doing. What we also find more helpful is looking at incentives or sweeteners 
that we can play right at the table in negotiating uh, development deals that really do lead to direct community benefits. So opportunity zones are out there. They are, they are really just equity funds of high wealth investors who have sold their capital gains, put their capital gains dollars into a fund, and are now looking for deals. Mm -hmm. That's for tax sheltering. Um, to get the maximum amount of, of tax shelter benefit, they need to park their money in a fund with identified projects that could be in the near term deployed by the end of this calendar year. These opportunity zones will expire in 10 years, and a lot of the IRS guidance that's come out is to provide these high wealth investors who are seeking to create and park their money in funds of how to take advantage of the step up in basis of sheltering some of their, their capital gains tax bill you can, you can uh, if you're able to take the maximum amount of benefits, you could have uh, pretty much protect 15% of your capital gains tax liability. Um, if you sell your capital gains and put it in an opportunity zone fund by the end of the year, there's a step down in that savings on selling your capital gains. Um, step down after the next year as long as you can park it in an opportunity zone fund mm -hmm. within i think uh i believe it's three calendar year uh, three tax years um i'm sorry it's december 31st 2001 and the longer you have your money in an opportunity zone fund in projects that are gaining uh what in some sense would be profit from those investments, 100% of the money invested into opportunity zone projects will be exempt from capital gains the longer that money is held in these zones. Um, so hopefully through the balance of the zone, you get the maximum mm -hmm. of the sheltering, of the, of, the, of the tax savings, or basically not owing any federal tax liability on investment income earned in opportunity zones, uh, opportunity zones through opportunity zone funds. So it's a very powerful tool that really is causing a lot of investors to create and invest in these funds. Um, but when it comes to deciding at the, at the level of particular projects to invest in, other than zoning, the city has very little influence other than maybe daylighting projects that would be something that an opportunity zone fund investor can invest in. Mm -hmm. So I say all that in saying that in terms of a direct city role, that is the struggle that city officials deal with in, especially in markets that are pretty hot like Austin where we are very specific in the kinds of projects that we want in, in areas of our community that really are either in food deserts, that don't have services. Um, and, and honestly, those are the types of projects that high net worth investors aren't really looking for at the top of their list 
because the returns aren't going to be as great mm -hmm. as, say, a market rate hotel or market rate condominiums or market rate housing developments. That's the low-hanging fruit that Opportunity Zone investors are looking in right now. Got you. Have you seen just uh, the private market in Austin? I've seen a few articles again mm -hmm. about different projects that are looking to leverage Opportunity Zones. I mean, have there just when this was, I mean, kind of the, the last six months or so is last year, I mean, right. people reach out to your office just seeing, uh, I mean, it's not really clear, right? Because I know it's government programs, people think the city is tied in. So this, I think, will be educational in this shows released about yeah. kind of what the city, where that line is with the city of Austin and Travis County too. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, just have, have you seen an, up, an uptick just in projects that have, that are visible to you that are, are leveraging this? I, I, we find out about projects the same way you do mm -hmm. is in the newspaper gotcha. because there's no disclosure. Um, and that it was something that um, with the Paperwork Reduction Act, uh, that the IRS has chose that the forms will be very simple and they're not subject to open records. Wait, what is, what is this act? What is this whole, yeah. Well, <laughs> the Paperwork Reduction Act is a federal I like it act. On a, on a I mean, I love base. it. It's yeah. like, so you're not like filing a whole bunch of forms. So the forms are fairly streamlined for an opportunity zone for somebody who is selling their capital gains, can fill out forms, provide that to the IRS, or create an opportunity zone. They fill out a form and then report. And of course, this is a, a, a wide open field for tax attorneys. But the city, those are not publicly disclosed. So we do not know, other than what's on the internet, uh, what funds have received opportunity zone fund investment. Um, we read it about in the newspapers, and that's how our colleagues across the United States do that. We do get occasional calls from folks who are trying to find projects to invest in in order to take advantage of the capital gains. Primarily those calls have not been a whole lot mm. um, because I think it's really common knowledge, at least in the investment community, this really doesn't have a role. And we are pretty reticent here in the city to name specific development deals that we don't have any ability to ensure contractually that the business or the developer will actually bring anything of public value to the city. Gotcha. And that's the disconnect. Okay. I wanna also, this is something I think came up a few weeks ago in a meeting with you, but the, uh, the updates on the location enhancement yes. incentive policy. Yes. That's the location enhancement incentive policy. Yes, I. that is really where I think and we're, what we've recommended to council um, through, our, through our response um, to council's question is if we really want to directly bring about through low-cost patient capitals, the city can enter into a public-private partnership with private developer to bring about real estate development that has community benefits. And that is um, what we're calling our location-based incentive program. We are building that out and hope to bring that to council for their consideration by this time next year. Okay. We, I think it's really important that this, it... We're recording this yeah, September 2019. Oh, so, I'm so sorry. No, just, no, just, so, yes. just so for folks down the road wanted to kind of have a, a time stamp of where we are. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that clarification. But 
That is where we can enter into a direct contractual relationship with a developer or business that has a real estate component um, to, to contractually get an agreement that in exchange for a city participation of something of value, and that could be fee waivers, expedited permitting, it could be abatement or a rebate or refund of what they pay in property taxes, if they have property real property tax liability of the city's share or sales tax liability of the city's 1% discretionary sales tax liability each year for a term of years to make a developer whole but actually leads to space that's affordable or goods and services that need it, that, yeah. that is needed. Um, and I think that's really important. City, city councils really expressed a strong desire to move forward quickly, especially when it comes to grocery stores that provide healthy food in our city. That's something that we're looking at right now and probably can go, um, that, that we can even be more creative, especially using CDBG funds for something like Which that. Which are what? I'm sorry, community development block grant gotcha. funds for that federal money. What we in the city would like to get in a position to do is layer different incentives to close a gap between development costs, which are high here in this community, especially with the cost of land that is high, and a reasonable market rate of return that developers seek um, and make them whole to bring about community beneficial investment. There are some areas of our city that have not seen this kind of an investment for many, many years. And in those areas, the market, quite honestly, might set a higher risk premium. And that's why we really need to know the market context of what developers see in this community and really be mindful that if investment goes in that we are not exacerbating gentrification and displacement. So we need to be very mindful and circumspect about that, which is why we're hiring um, a good market economist um, and, a, and a really good consultant team that can help us think through that. Gotcha, okay. Well, Christine, thank you for your time. Um, actually, any quick other, any other updates, the kind of anything near term kind of coming to the pipe the rest of this next quarter, 2019? your office oh we we have. besides the LDC that's the general <laughs> the land development code revision beyond that big beyond that BMS yeah. right I think what we're really laser focused on is repositioning certain city-owned assets in partnership with mm -hmm. the communities such as 6909 Ryan Drive which mm -hmm. is um, something Austin Energy owns so this is not in the near term but we are doing a community engagement strategy to look at how we can position that back in the marketplace once uh, Austin Energy finds a, a, a better site for stuff that's on there. Um, we're also looking at Colony Park, the redevelopment of what's 208 acres. It is uh, in partnership with Catellus, mm -hmm. who is uh, the express preferred master developer um, that we're negotiating with and are seeking to um, refine um, the development program for that, um, as well as the Home Depot, the former Home Depot property, basically oh, is it on, at St. Uh, John's, St. John's and 35, and, 35 mm -hmm. and the former Chrysler site, again, in partnership with 
the community and the council office there's is been a great lead on that as so councilmember kasar and councilmember pool have been great in the stewardship of those assets in their community but we're we're working with all the council to make sure that that these properties are well positioned in the marketplace that make community benefits so we're busy yeah yeah <laughs> and um and we're of course supporting um all the other initiatives that our department is doing that's really important such as creative space activation um and uh, supporting our music venues and working with red river merchants association and helping new merchants associations form um so we're relaunching as part of our Soli Austin program, an invitation from business districts to become new members of Soli. We hope to select two new um, districts to work with to become a vibrant uh, merchant association organized districts. Um, and we're, we're sending that request for businesses to raise their hand in districts within the next month or so. And so that's really exciting too. So a lot of things are on track and I, appreciate the time to to giving a shout out to uh, these projects and thank you for your time appreciate you all right have a great day you too thank you hi this is aj we want to again thank our sponsor regions financial corporation with branches serving central texas from austin to san antonio and the rio grande valley regions can help your firm with its m a and investment banking needs as well as specialty finance the technology healthcare, defense and aerospace sectors Learn more about regions in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.